Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay Goodman. I'm a certified trauma recovery coach, and I'm also a survivor of narcissistic abuse in a queer relationship. I'm here to validate and support those who are or have been in my shoes and to help spread awareness of what these kinds of relationships can look like. Today, I'm going to talk about trauma bonds. Lots of you, in having listened to my last episode or two, um, did reach out to me. I kind of put the invitation out there saying something like, hey, if you want to know more about trauma bonds, because I know that I've mentioned it a few times, let me know, and I'll dive into it a little bit more. Um, and several of you did reach out. So I'm going to go ahead and do that now. I will say that this might turn out to be a couple of episodes because um, mine tend to be a little bit on the shorter side, like 25 minutes tops, usually 15, 20 minutes. Um, so I'll probably break it up if this gets long. If you don't know this about me, I'm always winging it. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I like sort of started taking notes mid, uh, mid podcast recording. Um, sometimes I will give myself like a couple bullet points, like cover this, cover that, cover that. Um, but typically I just sort of say, this is what I'm going to talk about. And I come and I just, I go to town. So let's see where this goes. Um, before we dive into trauma bonds, I wanted to do my success and my struggle for this week. Um, I do, I don't feel like I really have anything new. Um, I noticed one week I, I kind of did the same two things in a row. I was like, Oh, I went to the grocery store and I had that dream. Um, I will say this, I, I will say that right now I'm going to just ball it into one thing. It's a success and a struggle. I am at the time frame of one year from having left, um, Washington state, October 3rd, 2021, I got on a plane early in the morning with my kid, bagged cat, left all my stuff, my dogs. Unfortunately, luckily, I do have them both with me before you all ask. I was able to get them back. Um, just a lot of uncertainty, a lot of fear, a lot of pain, um, knowing that knowing that I wasn't going to see them again and that they didn't know that. They didn't know what my plan was. They didn't know that I had my passport. They didn't know that I had a one-way ticket and I wasn't coming back. And then I was basically going to lay low until they left um, without having any communication with them. I was waiting for them to move out of our, our house. Um, I had, you know, I had a whole plan for it and it would, but it was just such a scary time. And I also didn't know, um, like my original plan was to go no contact as soon as I got on the plane and just never talk to them again. And it took me two more weeks and it took uh, me finding out that they had a new supply and watching them make a move on the new supply and being like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. This is like horrific to watch. I can't believe this person is like this, even though I know they are because they did this to me. And then I went no contact. But anyway, um, <clears throat> just a really strange time. Um, I guess one of the successes would be that one that I made it because again, I had my doubts in myself that I could actually follow through and not see them again and not reach out to them again. Once I went no contact, <clears throat> you know, we're almost to that one year mark. And then another success is, um, that I didn't realize that I was there. 
Like I think on October 7th or something this year, I was like, oh my gosh, it's been over a year since I saw that person. Like what a cool thing to like not be. I think that's one of the really cool things about healing is, you know, some things for the rest of our lives, you know, that day rolls around, we know it's coming. We're like dreading it. We got to get through that day, you know, maybe find something really nice to do for ourselves just to get through it, spend time with a friend, whatever. But it's really awesome when we just don't even realize that that day, that milestone has come and gone. Um, and I hope to keep doing that. I hope to keep forgetting milestones. Um, although, you know, not necessarily something that always happens for trauma survivors, but yeah, that's, that's going to be my struggle and my success is just kind of living through this milestone month. Um, cause it was a very, very big month last year and just remembering where I was and, um, I'm getting ready to go visit my family again, which is exactly where I was a year ago, just trying to get away from them, break the trauma bond. Um, and it's actually going to be right around the same time that I was breaking the trauma bond. So it's just, a, it's an interesting, weird feeling, um, time to go through. Anyway, enough about that. Um, okay. Trauma bond. So what is a trauma bond? Um, essentially it's an addiction to another person. You are pretty much like chemically bonded to a person who's harming you. Um, not always. I know um, Dr. Carrie McAvoy, who I just have so much absolute respect for and puts out some really incredible stuff, has told me, um, I won't share her story, but she has experienced a non-abusive trauma bond with somebody. Um, so if you both go through something and you experience a horrible thing and then you're just like attached, we're going to be together all the time because, oh my gosh, or, you know, we're going to lean on each other all the time because, oh my gosh, no one else understands what we went through. No one else you know, like maybe with a sibling, if you had abusive parents or maybe with, um, you know, your roommate in college that something horrible happened and you were both there and you're just like really, really, really close um, and you're not abusing each other. So that would be like a mutual trauma bond and a non-abusive trauma bond. Those do happen. But typically when we talk about trauma bonds, we're talking about an abusive person coming along. <clears throat> I am sick. I'm getting over a cold, so I apologize. Um, coming along and basically, I would say slow feeding you, because um, a lot of times with addiction, um, like chemical addictions to substances, it starts off slow, right? And then you're fully addicted and you can't figure out how you got here and you can't get out of it and all of that stuff. And it takes like an intervention and detox and all that stuff. But with an abusive person, with a narcissist, what we know is, and I've talked about the love bombing, that it starts off with this massive dose of the drug this massive dose of this high, this elation, this you're on a pedestal, this is perfect, this is your soulmate. I won't go into love bombing because I've already done that, um, but that's the drug. And you're receiving it out of nowhere. You didn't know you needed the drug, but all of a sudden you're hooked. Um, and however long the time passes from the start of the love bombing to when they you know, take the mask down, start the devaluation process, which is of course when they start to <clears throat> nitpick, you know, call you names, complain about you, you know, you're not how you used to be, oh, you're not as confident as you were, what's going on, why can't you this, why can't you that, comparing you to exes. I've done a whole episode about devaluation very early on, if you want to scroll back. When that happens, you are kind of like in this, all of a sudden you're in this withdrawal. I know, like, where's my drug? I'm just using the word drug because I think that it's it's easy to understand, right? All of a sudden, someone has taken your drug of choice, which is your your abusive partner's medicine that they've been giving you, um, 
and you want it back. You want that high back. You want that happy feeling you had back. And so you're constantly in this state of chasing it. You're trying to figure out what's wrong with you, what you did wrong to make them stop delivering this medicine that you've been, you know, dosing up on. And so every day, day in, day out, you're walking around trying to figure out, well, I'll, I'll, I'll clean the house better. I will feed them better. I'll make sure the meals are really good. I will dress nicer. I'll look cute. I'll do my hair. I'll do my makeup. I'll wear the clothes that I know they like. I will, what's their love language? Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And you're still not getting that medicine. You're not, you're going crazy. Cause you're like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And then they give you the medicine for a short amount of time. They're like, Oh, good little puppy. I remember in therapy saying, I feel like a puppy waiting for a scrap. And the therapist was like, Oh, didn't really understand what I was saying there. Didn't catch that. Um, but <clears throat> they are, they're like, Oh, my good little puppy, my good little creature that I've trained, you did it. Here's your medicine. So you got that kick again. And it's this constant cycle of being rewarded and punished, rewarded and punished. And you're going and going and going, and you're just, you're addicted to this person. Eventually, um, you get to a point where, or at least I did, I hated this person. I was like, I don't even think I like you. I'm looking at this person like, what do you bring to the table? Do you bring me happiness? No. Are you good with my kid? Not anymore. Were you for a time? Yeah, absolutely. When he was easier and younger and didn't talk very much and all it was was like meeting his basic needs and also you're trying to convince me that we had this happy little family. Anyway, um, you're kind of like, why am I here? I'm not happy. I'm, I'm, I'm miserable. I'm having health problems. I'm having mental health problems. I remember saying like, I feel like I had regressed to like maybe 13, 14 years old and I'm having this horrible relationship with my mother because that's how it was. I'm like, I have regressed. I feel this yuckiness that I felt when I was battling it out with my mom and trying to like figure out how to have a good relationship with my mom, my mom and I are fine now. I'm 35 and a half. Um, but you're just looking at this person like, why am I here? I don't like you. You don't like me. You treat me terribly. What's going on here? I'm going to go. And then you panic. You can't figure out how you're going to get away from this person. You can't figure out how, you, how you're going to live with them, without them, sorry. You're so enmeshed with them. Your life is so entangled. Maybe you have finances together, kids together, pets together. You're on a you're on a lease or a mortgage together. Everything is intertwined. Maybe you have a shared bank account. Maybe some some people work together. Some people have mutual friends, you know, friend groups. Maybe you live close to their family and their parent is a caregiver for your child while you're at work. There's so much you can't imagine getting away. And also you're like, I feel like if I don't see them every day, I'm gonna break down. I won't be able to go to work. I won't be able to function. I'm going to be sick because I'm so, I'm addicted to this person. Even though you're not like, you're not really thinking that way. You don't really understand what's happening because your brain is constantly battling what we call cognitive dissonance with two different messages all the time. This person is bad. This relationship is bad. They're harming me. Maybe they're physically harming me. Maybe they're, I don't like the way they treat my child, this and that, all this stuff. And also they're the person who makes me feel better. And that's one of the biggest things about a trauma bond is you feel like the person who's harming you is the only person who can help you. So they hurt me. And maybe I reach out to my mom for advice or a friend for advice. And of, of course, I'm not telling them everything because I'm protecting my abuser. They didn't really help me. Maybe they validated me for a second, but I had to go back to this person and have them 
make me feel better. It's the only way I'm going to feel better. And sometimes they'll give it to you. Sometimes they don't. Of course, it's temporary, right? Because it, it, that cycle of abuse keeps happening over and over and over again. <clears throat> so, again, you're confused. You, you cannot picture getting away from them. And sometimes we've tried to get away from them. Sometimes we've left and we come back for whatever reason. You hear it said that it takes on average, seven times for people to get away from abusive relationships. And, and it's very true. Some people, one or two, some people, 15, 20, it just depends, but it is very hard. And there's multiple reasons sometimes because we're in physical danger. So we come back home. It's, it's less scary and confusing to be home where, you know, their behavior than to be, you know, um, you know, trigger warning. I'm going to be talking about some scary things here. Um, stalked, you know, hunted down. I know where you're staying. I know where you are. Come home or else, blah, blah, blah. A lot of times, like for me, there were times that I would leave. Um, I would get in my car and I would go. And then I'd be like, what am I, all my stuff is there. I don't have anywhere else to go. What am I going to do? They're my childcare. You know, they take care of my kid at night so that I can work and make money, which I need this money so I can get out. Now I will side note here. Once I realized how they were treating my son, I did not give them access to my son again. Um, I do not know how they treated my son when I wasn't home. I think that they were mostly fairly good to him because when I wasn't around, they had no reason to, you know, they didn't have to use him as a pawn. They didn't have to like, whatever. So I, I do believe, you know, he was getting older and he never said anything to me, although he was still very young. Anyway, that's just a little side note. Maybe I'm just telling myself that, but, um, you know, you come up with all these things. And a lot of times if you're married and, and that person is their biological or other legal other parent, it's a lot harder to get out. And you're afraid you're going to harm the kids by taking them all of this, all of these things, all of these things. And it all boils down to trauma bond. And yes, some of it is legal issues and some of it is financial issues and things like that. But you're, you're, you're addicted to this person. Breaking a trauma bond is like breaking an addiction. I've read, um, people will say it's like breaking a heroin addiction. I have never tried any kind of drug, uh, that scares me, but I can fully imagine, like I've seen it on TV and I know it's Hollywood, but like the sickness, the sweats, they do all of that stuff. You know, we all know what withdrawal can look like. We've never experienced it maybe, but even alcohol withdrawal or, you know, I've quit caffeine before and well, that's hard. That's really hard. I've got my little cup of espresso right here in my tiny little mug from Spain. Um, really, really, really hard. And it's painful and it's yucky. And a lot of times we don't want to do it. I always tell people, they're like, how do I do this? I'm like, you have to be ready to do it. You have to be, um, <clears throat> I believe uh, Dr. Kristen Milstead in her book, Why Can't I Just Leave? I'm going to misquote her because I don't have it in front of me, but she says something like, when you finally leave, you've gotten to the point where the risk of leaving is worth more than the risk of staying. So you get to this point where you're like, I don't know if I can do this on my own. How am I going to financially, where am I going to go? Blah, blah, blah. You get to the point where you're like, screw it. I will face this fear of the unknown. I will live on so-and-so's couch. I will get a new job. I will be poor for a while. I, I will be, you know, I'll eat ramen noodles for a couple of months while I earn some money on my own. I will risk having to call the police. I will risk all of these things just to get away from this person. 
when you're still sort of teetering on the edge in that cognitive dissonance, it makes it much harder to actually leave. Am I saying that you won't? No. Um, some people will. Um, I believe I would have stayed a lot longer had I not seen my son being affected by their behavior because he was the one, and I've talked about this before, but he was the one who was starting to say, mama, just me and you today. No, I don't want to be around you to my abuser. No, I don't want to be around you, just mama. <clears throat> and so I left very quickly. I left before I was ready. I left before I was like, like I was on my way out. I had plans in place, but I left, you know, drop of a hat. I was not ready. My son was ready. And so again, I'm not saying that you won't leave if you're not on that tipping point of, I will take the risk. Um, but I will say that again, Dr. Kristen Milstead says, you get to that point where you're like, I don't know. Okay, I gotta go. I will take the risk. It's it's not worth anything else anymore. Um, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of at this point where I'm trying to figure out if I want to proceed with um how to break the trauma bond how i broke the trauma bond and all that stuff because I'm, I'm getting to the point where like this is the length of my podcast i probably should wrap this up and and make this into a second episode i will do that the next episode i'll do about trauma bond will be about what i did the steps i took to break my own trauma bond and how it felt at the time where i was what i did and some tips for you to do the same um, I have some hard and fast rules for mine. Not everyone is the same. We're not all in the same situation, but I will explain why those rules are important. Um, so look forward to that. I will, um, I hope that this episode has been educational, that you learned a little bit about what a trauma bond is, how it's formed. Remember I talked about that startup in the beginning where they're getting you addicted. They're getting you, you know, hooked onto them and then just feeding you that slow drip of medication, which you, you need a lot more now because you're hooked. Um, and it is, it's a really hard cycle of ups and downs, abuse and nice looking abuse because love bombing and breadcrumbing and all that is emotional abuse, period. It's not actual love. It's not real. Um, so that is all where a lot of you are. You're here, you're listening to this because that's where you are. Or maybe you were and you want to understand it because a lot of people are coming across this, you know, years removed and they're like, okay, I need to look back and I need to understand why this happened to me, why it was so hard for me to leave. Because we've all broken up with people before. We've all ended relationships and we're like, well, I left Freddie. Freddie and I just were like, hey, and like maybe there was a little bit of a rough time where one of us was second guessing it, but it wasn't like this. How, how did this happen? Because if you don't know and you don't understand, like you're, it's still living in your brain where you're like, I don't, again, how did this happen? How did I get here? So I hope that this was helpful. And I hope that this information is a really good lead up to how to now get out of this. How do I break this addiction? How do I get out of this? How do I never let this happen again? So let's plan on talking about this. I think next week I'm going to talk about being no contact for one year, myself one year removed from this relationship. And then we'll go back to the, the trauma bond um, breaking because next week again is my one year no contact. So I'm definitely going to honor that time and I hope you'll come with me on that ride. But um, <clears throat> let's wrap this up for now. Um, <clears throat> real quick this weekend, we're just a couple days. Um, I'm actually getting on a plane tomorrow. Wait, what day is this? Yeah, I'm getting on a plane tomorrow, flying down to Austin. So obviously for a lot of you, it's going to be too late to get there. But if you are in the general area and you're listening to this and you're like, oh shoot, I'll shoot over there. Um, if you're in Austin or, you know, can get there, 
myself and the other Narc Avengers. That's what we call ourselves. Um, it's going to be Ben Taylor from Raw Motivations, Lee Hammock from uh, Mental Healness. Uh, oh no, why can't I? Lisa Sunny from Stronger Than Before. Uh, Dr. Carrie McAvoy. I don't want to get this wrong. I do not want to tell you the wrong people. Stan Coaching. Uh, the Narc in Me. How to Love a Battered Woman. I believe he's going to be there. Nia, I think. I don't know. Now I'm confused. I'm so sorry, y'all. Anyway, we're offering um, a live Q&A. We're offering a meet and greet, which is free. You do have to have seats for it. Uh, you have to you know, book a spot for it. And then we're all offering um, little... Oh, Trey. I was like, oh, Trey. Okay, I named some extra people. Anyway, look on the website, narcavengers.com. Scroll down to Texas if you want to go book your spot. Um, I'm really looking forward to meeting a lot of you. And again, we're offering like one-on-one -on -one coaching. So if you just sort of like, I'm in Austin, I'm going to, I'm going to get over there. I'm going to get a one-on-one -on -one coaching with Lindsay or Trey or Lisa or whoever do it. It's going to be really awesome. I'm, I'm hoping this is going to be a really powerful, um, tool in your tool belts, if you can make it, um, and just in your, in your healing journey. Another thing is I am hosting a trip to Costa Rica and March of 2023 and Greece in August of 2023. Both are going to be geared towards creating safe spaces for LGBTQ folks, survivors of abuse, which again, a lot of, there's a lot of crossover in those two communities. And I wanted to extend that to you. And you don't have to be a part of any of these communities, but please be an ally, a chill person, a safe person, um, a laid back person, and, you know, kind of an adventurous person, or at least wanting to dip your toe in being adventurous. But um, moms, parents who don't travel because they don't have other opportunities to. Moms, parents, I'm going to say parents because y'all, you know, everyone is everyone is included here. But um, a lot of times as moms, we are, are judged for taking that time away from our kids. And I want to offer a safe, supported place where you come to Costa Rica with me for a week. And none of us are like, you left your kid for a week. I'm leaving my kid for a week. I'm leaving my kid for a week twice, right? So I want you to feel safe. I want you to feel included. I want you to feel not judged. Um, you know, I'm a trauma recovery coach, so we'll probably have downtime where we get to talking um, and we get to sharing and things like that. So absolutely, if you feel like this is something that you want to take part in, um, go to my website. Uh, the links are all on there or um, on my Instagram. I have a highlight about my travel as well. So please do um, and reach out if you have any questions about that. I would love to meet you and travel with you and share with you. I'm super excited about both of those trips. They're they're very different, uh, very different um, kinds of travel, um, obviously, because Greece and Costa Rica are not the same. So yeah, definitely reach out if you have any questions about any of those things. I look forward to meeting all of you at some point if you're going to join me on these things. And um, let's see what else. If you like this podcast... Or if you're on YouTube, please like and subscribe, rate, review, all the things. I really want to get this into the ears of the people who need it the most. And all of your interaction really does help that happen. Um, so I really appreciate that. And again, I'm the Lindsay Gimmon on all social media. So you can find me there um, for more content. Thank you all. Take care and I will see you next week.